Film Society of Lincoln Center, you're listening to The Close-Up. During the 22nd Rendezvous with French Cinema Festival earlier this month, we invited several of the featured filmmakers to take part in a very urgent discussion. In response to the disillusionment and frustration currently felt worldwide, directors Emmanuel Burko, Bertrand Bonello, Mira Nair, and Ira Sachs joined moderator Dennis Lim, director of programming here at the Film Society, for an evening entitled Cinema as a Political Tool or Weapon to discuss how films can address political turmoil or social unrest. Rendezvous with French Cinema was co-presented with Una France. Let's go now to their conversation. I think it's a, it's a great group of, of guests. These are very different filmmakers, but they've all made work that engage in some ways with um, political and social realities. Uh, this is a really big topic, so I think I'm gonna start with just a very broad and general question, and then we can go from there. Um, I was hoping that each of you could, could um, maybe tell me what you think, uh, what is a political film to you? What does that mean? <laughs> Emmanuel? Not me. Petrant, come on. Okay, someone has to start. Okay. Um, well, I, I, I agree that's probably the um, main question, in fact. What is a political film? Um, of course, I don't have the, the answer. Um, but I think there is often a mistake that's made. Um, uh, for example, the, uh, it's um, some, a mistake that um, of mixing political films and activist films, or social films, uh, which has their importance also, but it's not exactly the same thing. Um, I, I don't like to, to quote him because it's always very heavy, but there is, I think, a major sentence of uh, Jean-Luc Godard about that subject, and I really want to say it once because for me it's so obvious. Um, he said, uh, I'm translating, but you should never make political films, but you should make films politically, in a political way. And for, for me, when I read this sentence, otherwise, I don't know, like uh, 20, uh, it was like a huge truth coming to me. Um, it's, I, w- I would say like, it's like the, the difference between the, the form and the subject. You know, uh, uh, A political subject doesn't make a political film. Uh, it's not so obvious. But the way you uh, choose um, the place of your camera, the way you edit, the way you look at people. Um, this is for a movie maker becoming more political than the um, um, subject. Um, so basically for me, this, this, these are the um, main questions of what is a political film. And often we can see the mistake of um, of mixing, you know, uh, the subject and and, and the form. Um, f- for example, I can take. Uh, let, let's take a, a, a recent film uh, that has a lot of success in the Festival of Cannes, and uh, when it was released, the last film of Ken Loach, uh, which is for many reasons a good film in many ways. But um, when the film was uh, shown in the Festival of Cannes, everybody was talking about a political film. I uh, pretty much disagree about that. Uh, it's an important subject, and uh, it's an activist film, and uh, it's been like that for 40 or 45 years. But it's not a film that asks so many questions. It shows things. It shows some problems, some dysfunctionments. Uh, um, Dysfunctions. Dysfunctions, but it's not made as a political film, um, as f- really f- for me. So that's um, 
probably for me the, the heart of this question is uh, the subject and, and, and the form. And again, I have nothing about can, can lodge film, which is uh, just very good aspects. But um, I think it's a mistake to mix the two um, conceptions. Anybody else want to weigh in? Well, in addition, I completely agree with you, and, and uh, the Godard quote is, uh, spoke to me in the same way. Just to add to that, it's also who you choose to see in your films. You know, I actually think every film is a political act. Uh, every way you see is a political act. Um, and, 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 and it's my big criteria when I, I usually make my own films and films that, of subject matters that, that get under my own skin, but I get offered films. And I always ask myself that question when I'm offered a film, can anyone else make this film? You know? And that's a very simplifying question, clarifying question for me. If other people can make it, they should make it, you know. But I always um, it was, I was semi-joking. I was I ran into my one of my wonderful actresses, uh, Juliet Lewis, uh, at at a award ceremony a few months ago, and we had done hysterical blindness together. And and uh, she said, Mira, when am I gonna? When are you gonna work with me again? And I was a little bit, you know, I had a few glasses of wine, and I said to her, Juliet, when white people interest me again, I'll be right with you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, did you just say that? And I said I did. Uh, well, you know, because there are a lot of people who can make films that are about their world. They happen to be white or whatever their world. My, my one big thing I feel is the point of view and who you are making, what are you saying in your work, you know? So that is something I, I feel very uh, strong about that, you know, um, in my last film, which was Queen of Katwe, it's a film about uh, Kampala, my home in Uganda, where I live. And the way we live, the humanity, the dignity, the struggle, the insistence on laughter despite, despite the most abject struggle is a remarkable thing that no one in the world really knows or, or will see or will have access to. And this was for me the very important thing about why I made that film, because it was a way to show that my street, in all its specificity and all its kind of fierceness and humor and struggle, is actually can be akin to your street. And that you can see yourself somewhere in a world that you thought you would always be foreign in. But actually, it removes that notion if you make a film that is full and complex and complicated and contradictory like human beings are, then you see yourself in what you thought or in whom you thought was the other. And that's a beautiful thing, if that's possible. Uh, it's interesting, because I was thinking somewhat similarly to Mira, but I would have said it in a probably less generous way, uh, because I also agreed with what you were saying, but I, but I disagreed also, because I think the subject as you say, is so much part of, uh, of the making of the film, the creation of the film, the artist's connection to it. And it's also part of the politic in the sense of, of, of another subject which we haven't mentioned, which is capitalism. And when you're making a film, you are not immune to the forces of capitalism which come into contact with you, both as a, as a creative person, but also as a person working within some form of an industry. So for me, the choices 
that I make about the subjects of my film are inherently political. There are also places where I constantly fail myself uh, in terms of certain ideas because I, I find that I'm not always as brave as I would like to be to tell all the, the stories that I think that might be the most interesting, but they don't fit within my understanding of capitalism. And, and that that becomes part of the process of, of origination and commitment to an idea that becomes not just like what are other people doing, but what are you doing? And, and what choices you're making in terms of who you put in front of, of the screen. I will say specifically my first film was a, was a very gay film, if you, if you can use that term to describe a film. Uh, and we won't go down that long story of whether or not you want, one wants to or not to, but it was, uh, it was uh, about a kid growing up in the South and who was questioning sexuality and things like that. And then it was actually about 12 or 13 years before I had another gay character in the center of my work. And I think I could say because those stories were not ones that were as compelling, but I would also say that I was encountering both internal repression and cultural oppression. And so the politics of choice uh, in terms of subject, I think, are, are very crucial. I don't really see what I can add to that. It's a concept that's completely foreign to me. I mean, I think you might wonder what I'm actually doing here. The definition of the political film to me, I'm completely in agreement with what Bertrand has said. I think on my part, there's no will to make what is mysteriously referred to as a political film. I think that's something that is later decreed by either the audience or the press, but there's a, a kind of confusion that exists where um, films that have a social subject or that are activist films are somehow defined as political films. I just want to add that um, even though I, I disagreed with you, I also agree with you. And I think significantly, not, not, not to say that because you, you care, but because I think anytime you point as a filmmaker, and any time you try to underline or draw attention to things in a conscious way, then there's a very good chance that the film or that moment in the film is not as good or strong. And so the question becomes, as an artist, is the film good or is it not? And does the film succeed in the ways, in the aesthetic values that you raise for the film, or does it not? And I think those are ones often in which films that are considered activist films or strictly political films maybe fail in some some form, at least, for my needs of what a, what a great film might be. Uh, just to follow up on, I think, some, some, uh, <clears throat> something that was in, in most of your responses, this idea of an activist film, do most of you distinguish between political film and activist film, and do you see uh, an activist side to your practice? Well, I think in the activist film, there is something, I mean, it's, it's of course very useful because you repeat things and things need to be repeated um, to exist again and again. But often people who enter the theater are already agree with what's gonna be said and they come out of the theater and you know, they're happy because someone think like them and um, it, it comforts them in their certainties. And political films, it's a little different because when you go out of the theater, um, maybe you have more questions than answers. Um, for me, that's basically the, the difference. Um, for example, let's take Ken Loach film again. 
when you when the film is finished, you of course are with the character since the beginning, and of course you agree with him and disagree with the system. In the political films, it's more complicated. Uh, things are not simply said. It's you know it's uh, in a political party you need to have a program in a political film you don't have a program you know you just have more you put films stuff together that are not usually put together and uh, that brings questions and that brings complexity um, activist films are more uh, much more simple in a way you know they they follow one idea which is often very right and again uh, there we we need these films you know it's just repeating a lot of injustice and stuff like that. So they are important. It's important that in the, in the, in the, the movies, uh, TV or cinema, uh, you give the, uh, the um, these people can have uh, a, a word, you know, um, the, uh, the, the poor, the gays, the black, the women, whatever, you know, it's, it's very, very important, but it's not, it's not enough. You know, you, you need to, to bring some more complex stuff again um, on the top of that. I think a lot of um, films can be activist films, even if they're if they're not following the criteria of intention of of changing the world. That just by their mere existence, um, by telling a certain story, they become an activist. They become a form of activism because they make space for things. And again, the ones that for me, I think. Um, what you're also talking about is, is films of ideas, which I think are, to me, the most engaging political films in which there is a sense that there are many questions and it's, it form, works almost like a, an essay might in terms of its stimulation. Um, I think of Alan Tanner um, specifically and, and the films of, of, that, of some of that period. And um, so I think, I, think of, I think of myself as an activist filmmaker, though, again, I always try to ask the criteria as an artist, which is like, is, is about literature. And does the film succeed on, on the levels in which I ask great literature to do? And clearly I always fail, but I do try to attempt to ask those very general questions, which are classic and ancient and connected to the Greeks or Henry James or, Proust or anything. So those are the questions. I always, if we're looking at what now is being called activist films, I, I used to call them agitprop films, you know. And I came from actually that tradition, you know, assisting Anand Patwardhan, who's a great uh, political documentary filmmaker in India and so on. That was my beginnings is actually this very naive and idealistic question, can art actually change or affect the world in any way at all? So I started with apprenticing on such films, but I would have terrible arguments because I would tell this director, who's a dear friend now, but I would tell him, you know, but you are far more complicated and far more intelligent than what you're putting forward here because I know you are forcing yourself to be didactic about a situation and maybe the situation is abject enough for you to say this is good and that is bad, but world, the world and you is far more complicated and intelligent and more demanding than what you're putting across. But sometimes, you know, when you come from a place of such struggle and also from where there's nothing else that is holding the mirror to such injustice. That is the trap that a lot of filmmakers, I think, fall into. And that is somehow uh, why I think that um, 
you can make films, that you must make films. You're all films you made politically rather than agitprop, you know, rather than this and, you know, didactic. I've always railed against that because I think the world, you know, Andrejit said it, the tyranny is the absence of complexity. And, and no one is this or that, all of us, you know. Um, Anyway, it makes me think of these things with, with what's going on now in this climate, you know, about this whole anti-immigrant thing, you know. And if you, I'm always made films on people who are considered so-called immigrants. But the point is to not show them as noble or as good. That would kill kill me, you know. It's to show them as real and show the, and the fact that you're removing the other and seeing yourself in that person. That's what I go for, rather than um, this is right and that is wrong. One, one example come to my mind just now. For example, the, um, uh, the Gospel According to St. Matthew. Um, by Pasolini, um, who is for me one of the most political filmmakers. You know? um, this film could be just a mystical religious film. And uh, then he has this amazing idea to give all the, the, the roles, all the parts, to some, uh, including the Christ, uh, to some peasants, and with this, uh, and with this choice, the film becomes very, very political. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, I like this, this example because it's just one idea, one choice, but it changes the whole perception of the film uh, when you see it. Well, you're talking about, um, in a way, you arrive at the more complex, less agitprop. Uh, experience when you when there is somehow some strength or depth to the concept of the film which could in itself is political is engaged with society and, and, and engaged in culture in some way it's like the concept in itself speaks to some witnessing of what's going on in the world so could you say a political film is a film that's observant Um, yeah, I like I like this idea um, much more than a film that talks in a way. Yeah. <laughs> um, even if, like for example, some films of Moretti that talks a lot are very political, you know. But he talks to only ask himself and ask everyone questions. In Palombella Rossa, it's someone who loses in his memory, so he just say, "Where is the communism? What what happened to communism?" You know. So it's still a film that look at something. Mm. Well, in a way, a political film is like an art film. There's not a net in terms of aesthetics. Like, it can be as bad as any kind of film, but it also potentially, if there's depth and the artist kind of succeeds, it can have, it can have greatness uh, within that. But it's like, it's all, it's all on the surface in some ways. I, I wanted to maybe sort of turn the conversation to uh, the, the present moment, um, and if you can maybe talk a little bit about, uh, I think it's something that's that's pretty pretty universal these days. I think you know it's all everybody is talking about, um, especially since the election here in the U.S. But I know that it's also a time of considerable anxiety in in France and has been for the last few years. Uh, uh, and I'm wondering if the you know this this newly politicized cultural landscape in a way and like sort of seeing 
whether there's a, a sense of you know, rethinking your roles as artists within this, this cultural landscape, I think you've all made films that, that, that draw on, on that, that draw on, on, on you know, the, the sort of the something in the air. I feel like many of you have, you know, all your, many of you have made recent films that I think are um, responding to, the, to, to, to present day realities. Uh, and given the state that we are in today, I'm wondering how where you all stand. Well, I can start. I mean, it's straight. Um, you've had elections. We're going to have some elections. Um, it's, of course, a critical moment in, uh, in, in many ways for a lot of people. But the problem with cinema and very, very contemporary world is that cinema has a tempo that's quite slow. Uh, it's basically, unless for has been there, for example, but basically it's two or three years. So it's very difficult to talk about what's happening now because you know you, you need some sometimes, and and the news are are always faster than than cinema. So I think you have to to use your your feeling and your sensation of the uh, contemporary world and transform it into real feature and, uh, and, and uh, yes, and, and in a fiction, if you want to copy reality, you're still, you're too late in a way. And in a way, that's what I tried to do with the, um, the film that's going to be shown tomorrow, Nocturama. I had uh, this feeling four or five years ago that something would explode, but I, w I didn't try after that to, to, uh, to explain it or to be close from reality. I tried to go into the abstraction of the feature and that the film would be this mix of um, realistic sensation and the ab abstraction of the feature. So for me, that's where I can work on that. Um, otherwise, you're too late. Well, in France, since the end of the 60s, really, there are very few directors that have dealt really in pure politics. As for myself, I would say like Francois Truffaut did, that one should only, for myself, one should only talk about what one knows. Me, I know very little about politics, but that doesn't prevent me from making films that deal with specific social realities, but without a political will. Um, you know, to me that's a very, uh personal and complicated and, and, and question that raises a lot of ambivalence and, and somewhat, somewhat fear. Because I, I, what I'm scared about is what I don't notice. And um, yes, this is a time in which there's, an, a, there's a, um, a sense of, of purpose and urgency around being engaged. Um, but there's also just as strong a sense of repression and um, bigotry and the lack of value on so many things that I care about. And I'm very interested in how I will both fight that and how on other levels I will be a part of that because I live in this culture. And again, coming back to the, the where dollars become part of it, you don't even notice how you start to refine your subject matter and your choices, but you do. And so for me, it's, um, it's kind of a constant question of, of how am I engaging uh, 
in what way and how am I failing in that engagement. I think on some level as an artist, I've, I've chosen to believe that there's value in aesthetic joy and there's perhaps depth of experience in that which has meaning. What that ultimately looks like, I don't, I don't know. Well, I like that phrase, aesthetic joy. Mm, I'm going for it. Um, you know, the current political climate just for me reiterates my commitment to do the work I have been doing really pretty much from the beginning of my work, uh, from Salam Bombay and even before that. But um, so it reiterates it. And, and I have to also say that, again, not living in one culture alone, like you were saying, you, you're living in this, you know, I live actually actively in three continents in New York and in East Africa and in India. And that kind of uh, worldview where it, it just forces you into an expansive worldview where one where something that matters in one place absolutely has no meaning in the other place. And that's for me very clarifying because then at least it helps me sift why I'm wanting to do something. Um, it, for me, it's just reiterate. It's like now more than ever, one has to uh, reflect on, I mean, I find myself thinking very deeply about xenophobia, for instance, you know, that is of course of now, but it is also of the world. We are really in a very strange moment uh, politically where everyone from this country to the uh, Indian right wing is just alive, well, and draconian, you know? And you have to think also, sometimes I think the Iranians taught us a lot in their cinema, because when there is such abject censorship, you have to find another cinematic way, you know? And those are the ways that I'm finding myself leaning back on, because in almost any context, uh, Indian or here, one has to now embrace, not embrace, but deal with, negotiate censorship, you know? And how does one do that uh, in an interesting way? We can take some questions from the audience, if you have any. Yeah, Jim. So I wondered how you feel when I say to you, all film is political, and this distinction of activist film and political film, why do we have to even talk at that level, creatively? Well, we have to make choices. So we, and, and, the, and, and the choices are at a level of consciousness. So in certain ways, I agree, and I certainly agree as an audience member, but as an artist and as a filmmaker, you, you, are, you, are there, you can't do everything. And you, so, you, so you have a process which you know certain elements are involved in, and those elements are social. And, and so I think figuring out how you're making those decisions is, is, is necessary. And it happens whether you think about it or not. Are there any films, and this is, uh direct towards the French filmmakers on the panel that are tapping into right now sort of what is going on in the people who are intrigued by Le Pen and, and support Le Pen, and not just the easy answer of, well, it's all racism. Yeah, I think, the, for example, I think um, a couple of weeks ago, a film was released in France about that subject. You know, um, uh, they are, it, it tells the story of a girl that, uh, goes into that party uh, and uh, by misfortune in a way and then starts to believe in it and uh, but the real point is are, are these film um, 
useful or not. I mean, you know, who are they made for? Uh, it's what I said previously. If you if you agree before entering the theater, I mean, it's good that these films exist, but are they really useful? You know, uh, on that subject. Let's take, uh, just take an example of um, of uh, Moretti again. Um, a few years ago, uh, Italy went through these kind of same problems, you know, with Berlusconi and the failure of the uh, of the um, political parties and the uh, of, of, um, and he said, "Okay, if no one can talk, I will talk." And he created a kind of character, you know, that talks all the time, to, in a way, educate people, you know, um, in a funny way, in a very um, uh, sensitive way. But he took this on him. Um, for the same thing, when I see a film of Karastami, for me, it's, um, of course, a huge director, but there is something educating in his films for people. And uh, this, for me, is a very strong uh, uh, political gestures from these uh, movie makers. Everyone do it in their country with their problems and how they can do it, you know, with their, um, avec leur, leur moyen, in fact. With their own means, whatever the resources they have. And sometimes these little means are really huge, gives huge stuff. Emmanuel, did you want to weigh in about? No, okay, that's all right. I'll ask another one. I mean, some of you have uh, already you know, mentioned a few, a few models, but I think what I'm really trying to think about now, because you know, all of us who work in the arts are trying to figure out what, what meaningful engagement means today, and um, I, find, I found that in, 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 in trying to think about examples of uh, what, what to me is like maybe the most useful or the most exciting forms of political cinema, I tend to look to the past and maybe a little too far into the past. Um, to the 60s, to the 70s, to periods of political turmoil, um, to periods where, like you know, it seemed like films were made with a lot at stake. Um, and I, I struggle actually as a as a programmer to think of more recent uh, examples. And I'm wondering, I would just love to hear from you know this diverse panel of, of filmmakers who come from different worlds and, and have very different and expose to very different kinds of work. What what to you is is you know recent work? Do you do you do you think this? I mean because every time I have a, a conversation with people about political cinema, it becomes almost too nostalgic. It becomes uh, nostalgic about uh, what was political cinema, uh, and, and 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 I I I'm trying to think about what political cinema in the 21st century is. Um, well, I'll just, I'll just say that in some level, we're not all agreeing about what we're, when we say, use the term political cinema. Yeah. I think some of us, I think what you were saying, Jim, in, in terms of all cinema is political, I, mean, I think anything any of us make. So there's two, there's two subjects here. One is explicitly political cinema or political cinema as a genre, and the other is, um, is culture and cinema in general. Um, you know, to me, and I would, Kirstami is a good example. I, for some reason, I thought of a film, Brothers of the Night, which I saw, which was shot in Bulgaria, was by an Austrian filmmaker about male prostitutes. It was a documentary film. We're showing it here in April. It's a wonderful film. And I thought about it because, and I was thinking, what is the quality in that film that makes me think it's, po it's good political cinema? And I, and I would say that it's extremely um, intimate and personal about about lives 
And I think even if you go back to, I'm going to go to Alan Tanner again, the reason those films still work or, or, the, or, or some of Fassbender's earlier work, uh, which would be considered explicitly political film, is because there's a, there's a density around human experience um, that still registers. Um, you know, I'm not watching those. When I think about the, the Godard films that I continue to watch, I don't watch over and over the most political ones because they might just be on the level of ideas that I'm not connecting to as well. So for me, um, I think about cinema that's personal, and that is still happening everywhere. It's an interesting question. I, I, I think of um, Emir Kusuritsa's films. You know, for me, they are any. For me, political films is a very broad category. As I, I agree that it's how you look at the world. It's all political. <laughs> but in Emir's films, uh, he doesn't sink ever into the agitprop realm. You know, where everything is explained and neatly tied up. I mean, he he really takes you with a wild kind of authenticity into something that is incredibly visual, troubling. Uh, complicated and also about about how how human beings are, and it completely opens up a world that I didn't know. The salesman uh, Farhadi's film recently uh, really did it in a different way, and and that just you know it it not just opens me up to something, but it makes you think of something that is also at its core a, a, a universal, you know, in many universal ways. It really, it completely made me enter a world that I had never been in, but I related to. Um, so for me, those, that's what I look for. Yeah, the other day I saw a new Indian film called Sarat um, on Netflix, and, and it was a naive film in many ways, but it had an incredible honesty that just, I, I was, watching it for three hours, which is a hell of a long time in, in this day and age. And at the end, it just completely exploded my mind. It completely came out, you know, it was so unexpected and deeply truthful and really shocking about, you know, uh, um, you know, caste wars, basically, but you ne I never saw it coming. This is what I consider, you know, films that really get under your skin and fuel you on how to think about the world. That's political for me, and that, that's what works for me. <coughs> well, it's true that I cannot think of one, like, young director, um, um, clearly, as uh, in the past we had uh, Fassbinder, for example, you know, um, that is born in 1945 in Germany, so it's something very crazy to, 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 to be born at that. But I can think of some films. Um, if I think of the last year, um, films like Tony Herman or Aquarius are for me uh, very political um, in, in, a, in a very intimate uh, relationship. But uh, what Aquarius says about the whole country with just a portrait of a woman, it's quite politically brilliant, for example. And here I'm just talking about a film I, I saw like uh, three weeks ago, an American film um, at the opposite, but I found very, very political. It's the, uh, I don't know the title in English, but it's last uh, English film, Billy Lynn something. Yeah, yeah. Billy um, Long Walk Home. Yeah, that uh, was almost not released in a way. I don't really understand why, but maybe, yes, maybe because it's too political, you know. 
Um, so I can think I, I can think of films much more than like one director, yeah. like uh, Pasolini or Fassbinder, who really took the weight of their country <clears throat> on their shoulders, yeah. you know, to build something very strong. As I said earlier, um, I think political cinema is, has basically disappeared since the end of the 70s. With the exception of someone like Ken Loach, who's a very particular case, I would say that the last political film that I saw, and I'm not just saying this because he's here, but it's Bertrand's film, which I think is a very rare film in the French landscape because it's not just um, recording things, showing you something like a Ken Loach film does, um, where everyone is going to agree with the film, at least everyone within a certain political current. Et donc pour moi le, le film de Bertrand, j'en suis pas sorti en me disant euh, So when I saw Bertrand's film, I didn't leave the theater telling myself, oh yeah, I'm I'm completely against this certain thing that he's made a statement against. I'm totally getting behind this cause that he's getting behind. I left asking myself political questions and you know, I don't want to uh, betray what he's trying to say in his film, but what I got from it is that he's showing us a state of confusion, um, a loss of known signifiers uh, among the young people of our country. And what he's offering us are political questions. And I think it's a political film because it's asking deep questions that are making us think rather than asking us to get behind a program. Uh, I just want to, I want to just riffing on this, say two things. One, I want to defend Ken Loach, um, because I think when Ken Loach is not as good, he's exactly what you two are describing him as, which is a limited, uh, success in terms of his, of all the other terms besides his mission or his statement. But when Ken Loach is great, I think Ken Loach succeeds on all the levels that, that we might want or that I might want from a film. And I think many times he's been more than we've, we've been de uh, describing him as. So I just want to say that as someone who has at least eight or nine of his films, which I think are, are really wonderful. Um, and second, I was just thinking about what would I take away from this panel if I ask myself what is a political film or what as an artist do I want to ask myself when I, when I think about that. And what came to mind was, was a little bit what happened to me in, the, in, in sort of around 2008, 2009, when I got really knowledgeable about what was going on in New York in the 60s and 70s around art in general and not just film. And I was sort of reacquainted with a less bourgeois uh, world. And the world was, there was a level in which people were doing things where they couldn't imagine economic success. So they were doing things that seemed to me and the words that came to mind is, is, is things that were brave and the things that were risky. And I would say your film, Queen of Katwi, is both brave and risky within the context of cinema, world cinema, American cinema, Disney cinema, kids cinema. I mean, all those things. And I would say that the, the, it could be form and it could be content, either of those things being um, actively engaged from the filmmaker's perspective in which they are willing and able to take risks, seems to me it begins to become a political act. 
I think I'm just going to wrap it up with a final question. Unless I also uh, encourage you guys to ask each other questions if you have any um, uh, before we end. But um, I, I was uh, um, our the magazine that we published from Comment uh, did a podcast recently um, with I thought a very interesting theme, which was they asked all the the panelists on the podcast. Uh, to talk about films that they see differently since the election, like whether there's whether they have um, you know a film that they've encountered uh, or that that they saw last year perhaps that plays differently because they revisited or that plays differently in their minds because of what happened. Um, and I think I'm wondering if uh, you have um, sort of examples of films that you have you know seen differently because of changing political circumstances political contexts. That, that means that one has to watch films again, which I rarely do. Or just think about it. I mean, like whether it strikes you. <laughs> yes. uh, I saw last year uh, Saint-Ouen et Lois, uh, Vagabond, mm -hmm. uh, which I hadn't seen, Agnes Varda's film, which I hadn't seen since 86 when it came out. And um, it's a masterpiece, which I didn't remember. And it also seemed extraordinarily contemporary to me in a way that was very surprising. I also, in the last few years, have seen Marlon Riggs' Tongues Untied, um, which is an experimental, poetic, documentary fiction uh, by an African-American New Yorker who um, died of AIDS and made this very expressive film, which when it came out, I, I critiqued it for its its rawness or its amateurness, I might have thought at the time. And seeing it 25 years later, I was stunned by its its poetry in a way, and that's a word I use very rarely and don't, you know, am, am wary of in filmmaking. But there was something about it as an object and that 25 years later had complete, was completely different. And so it was wonderful to see it again. Um, well, it's a difficult question, but in fact, I'm thinking about a few films um, that were made at uh, a moment where people really thought that the future would be better. Um, from the beginning of the century until maybe the 70s. And um, it's today to see that it's going worse day after day. It's like such a cruel disillusion compared to these people that really trusted that, you know. Um, I, I saw, like, for example, in uh, three weeks ago, the films of um, um, Les Frères Lumière, the first films of the history of cinema. And you can see that in 1895, people really were believing, you know, there is a discovery of the world that would be amazing. Everything was beautiful to shoot, every travel, every people, every stuff like that. And when I saw this film three weeks ago, because it was released in the theaters, and it's, it's really, really beautiful. And I was watching that and say, my God, if they knew what the world would be like 120 years later, uh, there is such a, 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 something naive and beautiful in the gestures of these two brothers, you know? Uh, or you can think also of a book of Rossellini about the, uh, the, the, the beautiful uh, invention of television. For him, it was something that's gonna bring uh, knowledge to people inside the house and when you see today what's you know television like so it's more about yes all these fantastic illusions some people had at one moment in history and what it became today yeah 
I have something hopeful to say <laughs> about this, um, because just in your question and remembering what can be seen differently now, that I have a film school in East Africa called Maisha, uh, where which is based on the mantra that if you don't, if we don't tell our own stories, no one else will. So. Why is Africa told so little by Africans? You know, because living there, I see much more the paucity of images that reflect the complexity and the dignity also of the continent. So we started this school 12 years ago, and we have now about 700 filmmakers who've come out of it, who are trained in this uh, place. But what's interesting, not all together, but many, many of our best films, um, is that, you know, they, the the vocabulary of filmmaking is not informed by a lot of cinema, you know, because there isn't much, uh, especially where I come from, because there isn't even access to, I mean, there are video shacks that had kung fu films at best. And now we have about four, five years ago, we have cinemas, uh, but which normal folks can't go to because they're $10 a head and that's not affordable. So the language of cinema came from kind of within and and what you know as pace as rhythm or whatever and and the stories and what you choose to say and how to tell that story in cinema is something that we taught a little bit of like a few weeks you know and that was very interesting to see the vocabulary of cinema you know because it is truly itself you know, and not borrowed from. So I think Lumiere brothers would be happier in Kampala uh, than they would be in <laughs> New York City right now. I think I think a, a hopeful note is a, a rare thing these days, and a, probably a good good uh, good way to end. So um, I want to thank all our panelists for being here. The Close-Up from the Film Society of Lincoln Center is produced by Michael Odemark. Our opening music is by Steelism. You can subscribe to The Close-Up on iTunes and Stitcher. The Film Society of Lincoln Center is a non-profit arts organization based in New York City, supported by individuals just like you. Founded in 1969 to celebrate American and international cinema, the Film Society presents year-round programming recognizing established and emerging filmmakers, supporting important new work, and enhancing awareness, accessibility, and understanding of the moving image. To learn more about what we do and support the Film Society by becoming a member, visit filmlink.org, F-I-L-M-L-A-N-C.org. The Film Society of Lincoln Center. Film lives here. <laughs>